Welcome to the Oakley Podcast, Trucking, Business, and Family. This show is brought to you by Oakley Trucking, headquartered in North Little Rock, Arkansas. The purpose of this podcast is to communicate with Oakley owner-operators and their families by giving them up-to-date information concerning Oakley Trucking and the trucking industry, from business advice to safety updates to success stories. Also, to give an insight to outside truck drivers that might be interested in joining the Oakley family. Hi, I'm Jeremy Kellett, Director of Recruiting here at Oakley Trucking, and I'm your host for this podcast. This is episode 11. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking to Jeff Amon and Michael Snyder, both with ATBS. Jeff Amon is co-owner of American Truck Business Services, ATBS, the largest business services provider in the country for truck drivers. He's been with the company since 2001 and is involved in all aspects of ATBS, helping to set the strategic direction of the company. He continues to be a leader in the sales and marketing of the company's products and services. And Jeff graduated from Colorado State University. Uh, also joining him is Michael Snyder, which has been at ATBS for 11 years and runs the tax department. Michael's team files around 20,000 tax returns for ATBS clients each year. So we've got these two guys going to join us here in just a second and want to first thank everybody for listening to our podcast. This has been a great deal for uh, recruiting and talking to our owner operators at Oakley Trucking. It's a great platform to be able to communicate with you. We want to try to get some good information out to you the best we can. That's, that's important to you. So this is why we're doing this podcast Share it with a friend, tell everybody, especially the Oakley owner-operators, so we can uh, communicate with you better, and this is what we're going to do in the future. This comes on, a, a new one comes out every Wednesday morning, so be looking for it and sp- help spread the word. Um, hey, gentlemen, are you there with me, Jeff and Mike? We are, Jeremy. Glad to be with you. Hey, glad to have you guys. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to answer some of these questions. So what we did is is – we ask our owner operators if they had some particular questions for ATBS. Of course, you remember Jeff Todd came on here in the beginning, uh, one of our early episodes, and explained the. At that time, it was the uh, PPP was just coming out, the the relief money, and uh, we learned a little bit from him on that. And so this is kind of a little follow up episode of that plus. When we talked to him, we never did get to any of the questions that our owner-operators wanted answered. So we've got some new ones. And after you give us a little update on the PPP money, let's dive off into these questions. Is that good? Sounds great, man. Uh, you know, I, I can start out giving you just a, a brief update, I guess, on, on PPP, like you said. And I don't know. You were just talking, you know, it dawned on me. I'm not sure I've ever really shared why ATBS even exists. And I'll try. I'll, I'll try and tell what's a really long story uh, very quickly. So, my I, two brothers and I own ATBS, and uh, the three of us started in trucking when we were 12 years old. We were diesel mechanics, and we've been in trucking our entire lives. I'm in my mid 50s now, uh, so I've, I've been in trucking from from diesel mechanic driving trucks, working on docks, doing everything you possibly do in the industry. And when we got out of college, uh, I'm, the, I'm the oldest. When we got out of college, three of us had some trucking companies, um, and we ran those for a few years. And I just one day we came to work, and we sat down in a conference room, my two brothers and I, and we looked across the table at each other, and we said, 
this trucking company sucks. We, we hate our people and our people hate us and it's no fun coming to work. And, and, you know, it's kind of startling. And when I tell the story, people look at us like, you know, what kind of jerks were you running a business that all of your, all of your people hated you and you hated them? You know, what, how, how, how does a company get to that point? And, and the conclusion we came to was that as a trucking company, we, we had an LCL company with about 150 trucks. We had a, a truckload and logistics business with about 600 trucks. We were a refrigerated carrier in the truckload business. And, and our drivers were all employees. And in trucking, especially, you know, unless you even huge companies like the, the Swiss and the Schneiders uh, that have, you know, 15,000 plus trucks, they don't set the rates. The market sets the rates in trucking. And so if the market sets the rates and you can't generate more top line revenue to make money, the only way you can make more money is by cutting costs. And every owner is trying to figure out how to make more money in their business. And like I said, if, if, if the only way you make money is to cut costs because you can't, you can't charge higher rates than anybody else does, well, your biggest cost in trucking is labor. And so anytime we wanted to make more money, it meant we had to figure out how to force our people to work harder and how to pay them less for the work they were doing. Because the more they worked and the less we paid them, the more money we made. So it was, it was a win-lose, right? That for us to make more money, all of our people had a poor quality of life and made less money. And, and so that's the conclusion we came to is the reason, the reason we hated the people who worked for us and they hated us and we hated coming to work was that win-lose culture. And so we said, how are we going to change the culture? Um, and for us, you know, the light bulb went on. We said the way we change the culture is we convert to owner-operators, because owner-operators are just the opposite of company drivers. With owner-operators, the more money an owner-operator makes, the more money the company makes. And so you go from this win-lose of beating your people down to a, a win-win. How, how do we help our owner-operators be more successful? Because the more successful they are, the more successful we'll be. And, and it was just, it was unbelievable. We converted, at that point, we had about 400 trucks. We converted, they were all company drivers. We converted them all to owner-operators. We gave them our trucks at our cost. We gave them our fuel at our cost, our maintenance, our insurance, everything at our cost. And company drivers were just killing it uh, because they were great truck drivers making a, you know, a ton of cash flow. Uh, what we found is after, you know, after the first year or so, a lot of them, they, they didn't understand how to file taxes. They didn't understand necessarily the difference between being an independent contractor and employee. They didn't understand doing bookkeeping and keeping their books and all the different types of deductions available and all those things. And so we, we searched the country looking for somebody to help owner operators be more successful. And, and that option just wasn't out there. Nobody was doing it. And so in, uh, in 97, uh, Yellow Freight wanted to buy our LTL operation. And so we sold it and we had an opportunity to sell our, our uh, truckload and our logistics businesses in 98. And uh, when we sold those companies, I ended up running the acquiring company. And my brother, Todd, that you mentioned, was on your podcast uh, immediately. I mean, the day we sold our trucking company, the next day, Todd started ATBS. And, and our whole focus or reason for being at ATBS is to help drivers be more successful, to make more money, and to pay less in taxes. I mean, it's, it's just it, for us, it became our way to give back to the industry. We love owner-operators. We care about as owner operators and helping them be successful. So, you know, when with that quick background, uh, you know, when when the world changed with coronavirus, uh, the PPP program came out as part of the CARES Act, and that was life changing for so many of our clients. And and so, like I said, I just told you probably a two hour story in about two minutes, 
And uh, yeah, and, but it was great. It comes that, around. That's a great story <laughs> because I never heard that. I guess Jeff, as long as I've known you, I didn't really realize that the the birth of ATBS. But you know, that's a that's a great story to start off this episode because that way the you know the people listening and the owner operators they understand a little bit of history of ATBS. And I think that's uh, just especially that you were in the trucking business and started out as a diesel mechanic. And, and you, you know, ever since I've known you guys for a long time, y'all have always uh, wanted to make the owner operator bigger and better. You wanted to help them somehow. And just like you just said, you know, keep as much money as they can of the money they're making to keep it. So I think that's great. I, I appreciate that introduction with of ATBS. You, you did a great job. Thanks. Like I said, I told it quick and it probably uh, was a little disjointed and, and rambling through it off the top of my head. But that that, that is the birth of ATBS and, and our reason for being. And, and so, I mean, we're all, we're all about owner-operators. And, you know, one thing we're pretty proud of uh, is when, when people outside of um, trucking companies at the end, when, when they survey drivers, owner-operators in trucking, our ATBS clients average 40% higher net income than owner-operators that don't use ATBS, and there's some reasons for that, uh, uh, but we're pretty proud of that statistic. And then also, uh, in terms of taxes, our, our clients pay, on average, three to $5,000 less in taxes than clients that don't use ATBS when people survey the industry. So, um, you know, things, those are things we're pretty proud of. And like I said, when the CARES Act came out, um, and especially the Paycheck Protection Program. Most people refer to it now as PPP or P3 or 3P, something, something along those lines. Um, it was, it was life changing because, you know, the world changed and for a brief period of time, trucking did really well. Um, there was a lot of demand, but things slowed down and, uh, you know, a lot of guys, um, uh, needed, needed more money, needed help uh, to keep their businesses going. And so, um, Todd, Matt and I sat down at the initial stages of, of hearing that something like PPP might come out and we said, what would it cost us to do PPP loan application packages for our clients? And, you know, just if, in a perfect world, if everything went exactly as we hoped it would, it would cost us about $200 to do a loan package for a client. And we said, hey, part of our giving back to the industry and to owner operators in particular, um, we're going to do this for free. We're going to lose money on it and we're going to, we're going to eat that $200 and we're going to do it free for all of our clients. And then we said, if anybody signs up for ATBS, we'll do it for free for them, too. Even though they haven't been an existing client, we'll still do loan packages for free for them. And it's turned out uh, our initial estimates, you know, it's not a perfect world. Our initial estimate of $200 has turned into a reality of a little over $500 for us to do loan packages for our clients. Um, but like I said, we, we made the decision early on. We've stuck to it. We do it for free. And, and the results have just been unbelievable. We've We've successfully helped uh, our clients get several million dollars of PPP funds, which is just awesome. In fact, I just glanced a little bit ago at our Oakley clients. So far, roughly 30% of our Oakley clients have applied for PPP funds with loan packages we provided to them. And uh, we've successfully gotten several hundred thousand dollars uh, for our Oakley clients. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, where I would go from that in terms of an update on PPP, um, you know, that PPP-1, the first version that came out, was funded with $350 billion, and it was gone in two weeks. And, in fact, the SBA statistics said they did 14 years worth of SBA loans in 14 days, and that $350 billion was gone. And, you know, a lot of people were really upset. There were big companies getting the money, not, not small companies, not owner-operators, not the people that needed it. Fortunately, a lot of our clients, we were 
ahead of the curve, um, being prepared for it. Uh, and a lot of our clients were able to get money, but for the most part, most small businesses were not able to get money. Um, so Congress uh, went back at it. Uh, Democrats held it up for quite a while, but fortunately Congress finally passed and PPP2 came out. PPP2 uh, was funded with $310 billion. Is that right? Yeah. $310 billion in PPP2. Um, that was signed on April 27th. And everybody warned, Congress warned, FBA warned, everybody warned that PPP2, that new $310 billion, would again be gone in a, in a matter of days. They thought it'd last less than a week. Well, the good news is it's been out there for almost a month now. And as of last week, there was still over $100 billion left available in PPP funds. So, um, you know, what I would say, Jeremy, is like I said, so far about 30% of our Oakley, existing Oakley clients have, have reached out and we've done uh, PPP loan packages for them. Um, I'd urge any Oakley owner operator that's a client or that wants to sign up for services and have us do a free package for them. Like I said, we're eating the $500 cost. There's no charge to to our clients to do this for them. Um, we'll put the packages together and you can still apply. Technically, the deadline is June 30th. Is that right, Michael? Correct. Yep. Technically, the deadline is June 30th to apply for a PPP fund, but like anything, I wouldn't procrastinate. I wouldn't put it off because those funds uh, could go away at any point. So uh, I'd reach out sooner than later if you want us to apply. And I don't... Uh Jeff and, and Michael, I don't see any negative to it. I mean, if you're an independent contractor, uh, especially with Oakley, which is our, our audience here, I would be trying to get a, uh, a PPP loan, wouldn't you? What's what's the negative to it? We don't see any negatives, Jeremy. I mean, the, the potential, the, the only negative is for some reason they did not forgive your loan, which means you have to pay it back. It's like a 1% interest rate. And, and we don't see that happening. I just throw that out there that uh, – um, it is it's technically called a loan, uh, but PPP loans uh, have have forgiveness, in, in, and they'll forgive the entire PPP loan if the money is used properly. Um, the forgiveness application, the guidance initially came out a week ago. Um, we've been through it, and even though the original version came out, uh, Michael and I talked about this morning, it's still it's still going through revisions. You know, for example. The original PPP guidance was that from the day you receive funding, you have eight weeks to spend that money on uh, essentially payroll uh, for your business, and if, and you need to spend it in eight weeks. Well, as you know, many states are have various forms of stay-at-home orders, and people who receive PPP money weren't even legally allowed to open their businesses because the states had stay-at-home orders. They couldn't spend it in eight weeks because they weren't allowed to even be open to, to spend the money. So, you know, again, they're are thinking about extending it, extending the eight weeks to maybe 24 weeks or 36 weeks. Uh, all of this is still being debated and revisions are being made. I can tell you um, probably the single biggest thing is uh, in the current form, they say that uh, payroll over around for an owner, which uh, just about every owner operator that gets PPP funds is the owner of his business um, by the nature of being an owner operator, say that an owner uh, cannot take funds, uh, paycheck funds personally for over 15300 and something dollars, like $381 or something. Anything over that needs to be paid back. And we do have some Oakley clients that you know have gotten $20,000, a little over $20,000 is the maximum you could get. We do have some Oakley clients that have gotten that $20,000. So 
So potentially, uh, four to $5,000 of that may need to be paid back, but we're working diligently to find ways to get all of that money forgiven and uh, we're running test cases right now with various banks to see if we can get it forgiven. We feel pretty good that we're going to be able to get 100% of it forgiven. So to your question, Jeremy, um, we don't think there's any downside whatsoever. It's, it's for all practical purposes, this is free money uh, to help your business survive um, until the economy is reopened and things are back to normal. And there's there's really no reason why I might not to go after it. There, there were questions. You've seen stories about companies that got money that probably shouldn't have, companies like Shake Shack, uh, some universities maybe, uh, right. I think Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. There, there's been companies that got money that shouldn't have gotten the money and that they're being required to pay it back. And so the SBA and the government are now certifying that people got the money, legally should have been entitled to the money. Um, the good news for our clients is they basically came out with a ruling or guidance that said, if you if you borrowed less through PPP, if you got less than two million dollars, you were essentially self-certified. If the bank if the bank certified you, which all of our Oakley clients, the bank did certify them. The bank certified you. The government's not going to come in and reinvestigate and try to recertify you. So there, there's no risk um, that the funds you've got will have to be paid back because they weren't certified properly and we think 100 percent of the funds are going to be forgiven so that this is truly free money for the owner operator to keep their business going until the economy gets back on track okay all right we're talking to jeff amen co-owner of american truck business services atbs and also michael snyder he is the tax expert there and let's start with a couple of questions here um from our owner operators that had uh, sent in a few questions and let's start uh, with this first one and it says I'm using TurboTax as a sole proprietor. I bought a new truck in 2019 and traded in the old truck which I received money for and applied it all to the new truck. I am being charged that amount as income. Is that a recent change? Any way around that? Yeah, Jeremy, great question, and uh, this is Michael. So what that client's probably referring to is what was called a like-kind exchange, uh, and the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act changed that rule. Uh, so the short answer to the question is yes, um, that is supposed to be treated as income, and yes, that is a recent change. Uh, however, there is a kind of a way around it. It's, it's not you know, what I would call a loophole. It's fully legal, fully part of the tax code, always has been. Um, so that part of it isn't really a recent change, but let me get into that. Uh, so after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed, like-kind exchanges were removed from all property types except for real estate. And a like-kind exchange is simply swapping one type of asset for another like asset. So a tractor for a tractor, a trailer for a trailer, something like that. Um, so they did do away with that, but what they did in the same token was they introduced accelerated depreciation or changes to accelerated depreciation. Um, so that being when you sell a truck or a trailer or any piece of equipment, generally what you're going to have is a gain. Let's say you receive $25,000 for a, a tractor trade-in. Well, that $25,000 likely is going to be taxable to you as ordinary income. If you buy a new truck or invest that $25,000 into a new piece of equipment, 
what you're going to receive in exchange is a depreciation deduction. Uh, so you can play with that depreciation to essentially wash out your gain or wash out your income. Uh, so hopefully that makes sense. I know we're talking a lot of numbers here, uh, but you can play with both sides of that coin to make it even split for you. Um, one thing we do at ATBS is it's, every case is individual. Every case is specific based on its own merit. So we will look, uh, when we prepare a tax return, we will look at depreciation and optimize that for the driver. Okay. I think that's an important comment, Michael. You know, a lot of tax people you go to, um, they'll just, they'll, they'll grab however they treat this depreciation. They're going to do it the same for every single client in the firm. Um, as Michael said, we look at each specific client's personal needs for cash flow, tax burden. You know, if you use up all your depreciation in, in, in a few short years, you, you've got years down the road where you've got no depreciation, you're just getting absolutely killed in taxes. We, we look at each scenario, figure out what the best method for depreciation and how much depreciation to take each year, what's best for that particular client, and then that's, and, and we discuss it with the client what we're thinking, why we're thinking it. It's ultimately our client's decision, um, but we do it We do it on a case-by-case -case basis. We don't apply a general rule to everybody. Okay. Good answer. Question number two, any advice for first-time owner-operators on ways to save money? Oh, man, that could be a whole episode right there, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a year-long uh, yeah, weekly episode. Um, I'd say... Go to Oakley. A few things. First, yeah, go to Oakley. <laughs> save money. Go to Oakley. Make more money. Save more money. The uh, when you say go to Oakley, you know one thing that's interesting is we see a lot of a lot of carriers do have buying programs. A lot of owner operators refuse to use them, and that's just insane. And the opportunity a carrier has for an owner operator to save money, take advantage of that carrier's buying power. Mm -hmm. um, the next uh, piece I'd say is for new owner operators. A lot of times they don't realize. Uh, because most of them were company drivers before. Their single biggest expense is fuel. And as a company driver, they just, you know, when, when we've converted our fleet from company drivers to owner-operators, one of my favorite things is, you know, a guy become an owner-operator, and two weeks into being an owner-operator, he'd come and he'd complain about tire wear, he'd complain about fuel economy. And I'd say, you son of a gun, I've been telling you for four years what to do to save me fuel costs, to save me tire wear and you didn't give a darn about it and now that you're an owner operator you care about it but that's that's what i love about owner operators because now they have a vested interest in the same things the carrier used to have a vested interest in so um you know fuel is the single biggest expense most owner operators will have and so as a general rule of thumb something to remember is you know for every mile an hour you drive over 55 miles an hour it's going to cost you a tenth of a mile per gallon and so you know if you're doing if you're doing 65 instead of 55, you're going to get a mile per gallon less in fuel economy. And if you're doing 75 instead of 65, you're going to get a mile a gallon less in fuel economy. And that's a ton of money. It can be ten dollars or $15,000 at the end of the year out of your pocket. And the other thing that, that I try to explain to new owner-operators and the way to think about it is, you know, an owner-operator runs on a profit margin, let's say about 50, 50%. Um, so for every dollar of revenue that you generate, Maybe uh, half of that will go in your pocket as profit, maybe less. Um, but if you cut $1 of cost, 100% of that dollar goes in your pocket as, as, as your money, right? And so if you save a dollar, if you generate one more dollar of revenue, maybe you're putting 40 cents in your pocket. If you cut $1 of cost, like $1 less of fuel, 100% of that dollar is in your pocket. So it's far more important to control cost than it is to generate revenue. You've got to generate revenue. 
but controlling costs is going to put a whole lot more money in your pocket than generating revenue. Their second biggest expense is maintenance. And the biggest mistake I see a lot of new first-time owner-operators make is as company drivers, the company, you know, figured out preventative maintenance PM schedules on trucks, and they told the driver what maintenance to do and when to do it. And when, when drivers become owner-operators, a lot of them don't understand preventative maintenance, when it is, what it is, when to schedule it. And, and so what happens, they end up driving the truck until it breaks, and then they get it repaired. If you're not doing preventative maintenance and you're waiting for things to break before you repair them, um, you know, first off, your your mechanical expense are going to be through the roof because you never break down, you know, at home where you know the mechanic at the shop. You break down on the road. They're going to charge you exorbitant amounts of money to get repaired. And on top of that, uh, you've got you no know, hotel or other expenses while, while you're dealing with that downtime and you're not generating revenue. Um, with preventive maintenance, you can schedule your maintenance when you're taking time off or whether it's vacation or holidays or whatever. You schedule the maintenance when you when you don't need to drive as opposed to when you're on the road racking up costs and losing revenue at the same time. So fuel and maintenance are the two biggies. Um, the uh, third thing I'd say is new owner operators, um, they hear all the time it's tax deductible. And so they just go on these spending sprees because everything I buy for my truck or my business is tax deductible. What I think a lot of new owner operators don't understand is what tax deductible means is that you're, you're, you're deducting that from the income that you're paying taxes on. So the average owner operator has a tax rate somewhere around 22 to 25% is what we see. Um, so if we just use 25% as the average tax rate, what that means is that every dollar that you spend on something for your business, whether it's a part for the truck or whatever it may be, every dollar you spend on your business, when you deduct that dollar, it basically means you're saving 25% because that's, that's, that's a dollar you don't have to pay 25% taxes on, right? So the way to think about it is um, anything you buy, you're getting a 25% discount. So when you say I get to write it off, that doesn't mean you're writing off 100%. It means that you're saving 25% on anything you buy for the truck, if that makes sense. This is Jeff. The last thing I was going to say is um, if you're a client of ATBS, one thing that we do, uh, I mentioned that our clients, when people survey the trucking industry and owner-operators, and our clients make 40% higher net income, probably the single biggest reason our clients make more money is that every month when we do their profit and loss statements, we benchmark them. We have we work in, in one way, shape, or form. We work with about 60,000 owner-operators in the country. When we, when we do our profit and loss statements for our clients every month, we benchmark them against our uh, all the other owner-operators out there. And we literally, if, if they want a paper financial statement from us, profit and loss statement every month. We put happy and sad faces where they're doing good, where they're spending too much money. If uh, the, all of our clients have access to their P&Ls in their own private, personal, protected uh, online portal where they can see, we highlight in red and green. Green, you're doing great in this area. Red, you need to make changes in that area. Um, and it can be things, you know, as an example, a lot of guys get in a truck and they buy their physical damage insurance. Well, they'll run for a year or two or three and they don't get their truck reappraised and a year or two down the road, they're paying the same rate for physical damage insurance as when they got the truck. And, you know, the insurance company doesn't give a damn what you're paying price wise for physical damage insurance. If you wreck that truck, uh, they're going to reimburse you what the truck is worth. And so, you know, the, the, the owner operator needs to go out and get that truck appraised every six months, get a new value and adjust their physical damage insurance. Well, with, with our benchmarking, you know, whether it's fuel, whether it's maintenance, whether it's different types of insurance you're buying. All those things are highlighted. You know, you could you'd be doing great in an area for five or six months, and all of a sudden you went from, you know, a green dot saying you're doing great here to a red dot saying, hey, 
we've got to make some changes in your business because there's ways you can save money here. So, you know, that those are the ways to stay in best practices and save money for first-time owner-operators and for all owner-operators for that matter. Well, and, and I'd like to yeah. add to that, um, you know, saving money – what a first-time owner-operator's got to look at is managing money. Now, I know uh, fuel is big, like you said. Preventive maintenance is huge. And going with a uh, somebody like ATBS, which I would recommend, can sure manage your money, save you money on a lot of things. But, but having that discipline to manage that money that's coming in because you're going from a company driver to an owner operator and you're going to start seeing a lot of dollars. There's going to be more money traveling through your account than, than you're used to. And it's real easy to see those big checks coming in and, and, you know, spend a little bit more, the lifestyle change a little bit. You got to be careful in that in the beginning. First time owner operator, I would keep living on what I was living on the best I could, the closest I could until I got my business up and running because you want to make sure you've got enough money in savings to handle any kind of disaster, um, any kind of pandemic, any kind of motor blown, anything like that. So managing your money at home, whether that's two or three different accounts, you know, have them in, uh, you know, if you're like me, you got an account you can't touch that type of deal. And you got a business account, uh, you know, to where you're, you're managing that money. And it's not just a free for all that I'm making more money. And now I'm going to go buy stuff that I've seen too many owner operators that have fallen into that trap. And, and I don't want that to happen to anybody. You need to be able to manage that money real good. So, okay. All good answers. Let's, um, Shoot, or would yeah, somebody just, want to add to that? I, I just, Jeff, I'll just say one thing real quick uh, because it's exactly what you're just saying. Um, when we, we in, in watching several hundred, monitoring several hundred thousand owner operators through the years, we track causes of business failure in the industry as a whole. Um, we have the largest database in the world on owner operators. And the number one reason for business failure for an owner operator is maintenance. Number two is health related issues. And number three is business and tax related issues, just not managing their business properly. And all of those you kind of hit on there. And, and so I think, you know, back to that, just the one thing I'll really point out is uh, in regards to maintenance. And, and if you don't know, call us and we can tell you. But for every, every truck out there, there, you're, you've got a certain amount of money that you're going to be spending on maintenance. Some it's going to be, you know, trickled out a little bit of a time over the course of the year with small mechanical items. Somebody else may have a major mechanical. Uh, go down on them, but we, we can tell you pretty much to the penny how much you should be setting aside and maybe, you know, in a brand new truck, maybe it's six cents a mile and an older truck, maybe it's 15 cents a mile. But based on the truck you're in, we can tell you for every mile you run is how much you need to be setting aside in a maintenance reserve account so that you've got it because you are going to incur those costs. It's just a matter of when you're going to incur them. Exactly what you're talking about, Jeremy. Good input. Okay, number three, is it better to run under an LLC or a sole proprietor, and what are the advantages of both? This is Jeff, and I'll tell you, so we're not, we're a tax firm, and as such, we're not allowed to give legal advice, but as, so this is an ATBS advice, this is my personal advice. I own several businesses, and they're all LLCs, and the reason they are is because an LLC, in my mind, uh, gives the same legal protection as a corporation does, uh, meaning uh, in a sole proprietor, if you get sued, they're coming after you and all of your personal assets as well as your business. 
Um, with an LLC or a corporation, if you manage your business properly, um, they're coming after the assets of the corporation, but they can't come after you personally, after your home, after after your spouse's income, after whatever you may have in terms of personal assets, farms, rental properties. They can't touch that stuff if you manage your LLC or your corporation properly. So from a legal perspective, and like I said, this is an ATBS. We're not allowed to give legal advice, but I me mean, personally, I like an LLC from the um, perspective of legal protection. Uh, from a tax perspective, I also like an LLC, um, and this is the reason. Um, and first, let me say, if you're if you are a sole proprietor, make sure you get your own uh, employer identification number (EIN). Do not a sole proprietor legally can run on their social security number. Don't do that. Um, you know, there's always attempts, especially back in the Obama days, but there's there's regular attempts to reclassify owner operators and turn them into employees. Um, much harder to do if you have an EIN instead of a social security number that you run your business on. The second, and to me the more important piece, and the reason I like LLCs, is because as an LLC, you have the choice to, you, you can elect whether you want to file your taxes as a sole proprietor or you want to file them as a as an S-corp or as a corporation. And so what we find, and again, as ATBS, for our clients, um, every year when we do their taxes, we look at if we could save them money filing as a corporation as opposed to filing as a sole proprietor. And at a point, typically it's somewhere around $65,000 a year of net income. At that point or higher, we can save money by filing a corporate return along with a personal return. Um, I, you know, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far in the weeds and spend 20 minutes explaining this, but, um, filing as an S Corp, you pay yourself payroll out of the corporation, you pay yourself a salary, and with that salary, um, it's a deduction on your business, you're paying less than FICA, um, uh, in self-employment tax, you're paying FICA tax instead. Like I said, it's kind of a complex answer that we can get well, into maybe in a, in a future podcast, but the, the big piece is as an LLC, we can elect whether to file your taxes as a sole proprietor or an S-corp. And so when it comes time that we can save you money filing as an S-corp, we'll tell you. And at that point, you elect to be an S-corp going forward, and we start doing your taxes as an S-corp. So to me, that's the single biggest advantage of being an LLC is that you get to elect how to file taxes, and we'll do it in the way that saves you the most money. Well, and I think you hit it in the very first thing, first answer to that question, Jeff was the liability part of it. They they because we all don't think it's going to happen to us, but when a when a bad accident it can happen to you and lawsuits come out of it, um, you don't want them. If there's any way you can keep them from coming and getting your personal stuff and your uh, home and your your spouse income and all that, then to me it's it's worth that. But I, I, I do understand the disclaimer there too. And, and you provide a service and, and we get Hey, we get asked that all the time too. Hey, do we need to incorporate LLC? And we're like, look, so we, we're not really uh, not able to tell you that. Cause we don't know either. I mean, but uh, it sure sounds, right. sure sounds like an advantage to be able to do it. Okay. Um, it is an advantage being an LLC. I, and let me just throw out one thing. Do not become a C Corp. I mean, we've been doing this for over 20 years now. We have yet to see a case there's double taxation. Again, won't, won't spend 20 minutes describing it, but there's double taxation at C Corp. Never do that. Um, if you do an S Corp, it can work out sometimes, but again, the advantage of the LLC is you can elect whether it be an S or a, an S Corp or a, a sole proprietor when you file your taxes. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. 
Okay, here number, let's see the next one here, number four. What are some ways we can save on our taxes that would be less obvious than the general tax deductions for expenses and interest on our truck payments? I have no idea about that one. How about you, uh, Michael? Or you, you know anything about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's what we do. So uh, it's always a good question and, and a common one. Um, so tough news is that I have to break to everybody is if you make a profit, you're going to pay taxes. So I just want to start <laughs> with that. It's good to make a profit. It's good to owe taxes. Uh, you just want to plan for them. Like we're talking about preventative maintenance, you need to plan for taxes because they're coming. Um, so, so there are some deductions that most people don't think about. Now, this could range from a brand new owner operator to somebody who's been in the business, you know, 10, 20 years. Uh, there's just stuff that people don't think about that the, is a business deduction. Uh, so a couple of those that, that we've come across are the small expenses. Uh, you know, folks oftentimes, even uh, as small as an ATM fee, they charge you $1.25 or $2.50, whatever it is at the ATM to take some cash out. Hey, if you're taking that cash out for a business uh, expense, that ATM fee is deductible. might not seem like a lot, but it adds up over the year. Uh, you can also deduct small items like laundry while traveling, uh, uniforms that may be required, you know, tools you might purchase, hammers, screwdrivers, uh, whatever you might be buying and storing there in the truck, toolboxes. Uh, all those small things add up. Those are all business deductions. Um, to, to broaden that out a little bit, because I can't possibly capture every deduction in, in this conversation, is I'll give you the IRS definition. A lot of people think that the IRS is this mean, nasty organization that sets rules on everybody, but they actually leave a lot gray. They leave a lot of information out there where you are allowed to define the deduction. Uh, so IRS's definition of a deductible business expense is one that is ordinary and necessary. If you meet both those definitions of ordinary and necessary, it's a business deduction. Um, so there's a lot that can apply there. Um, I always keep in mind, and I hope this isn't taken the wrong way, but the saying goes, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Mm -hmm. Just don't be too greedy about it, and you're probably on the right track. Um, another item that I think about is the best strategy for taxation savings and keeping the money in your pocket. Uh, that's what I like to do personally. That's what I like to advise my clients to do is deductions that keep money in your pocket. Uh, so I'm thinking of HSA. That's the health savings account. You can set some money aside for medical expenses in the future. Uh, that saves you on taxes just like paying for fuel or maintenance does. Uh, so you can put up to $7,100 a year in a family HSA. Uh, that $7,100 is yours, and you get a tax deduction for it. Uh, IRAs, traditional IRAs are deductible. You can put 6000 in per person. Again, same story. That $6,000 is yours. You're saving for your retirement, and you're getting a tax deduction. Uh, 401ks and SEPs work the same way. Um, some other minor expenses that people don't think of right away, home office deduction. You got $5 per square foot, maximum of 300 square feet, uh, so that's 1500 bucks. Uh, if you've got a home office that's 300 square feet. Uh, a lot of folks are using their personal vehicle uh, for business, whether driving out to get you know new tires or pick up their truck or uh, whatever it is. Uh, those business miles are deductible this year, this is 2020, at 57.5 cents a mile. So you're getting half a dollar for every mile you drive. Uh, only disclaimer there is commuting miles are not deductible. So if you're driving to and from the terminal or to and from your parking spot, 
Uh, don't count those miles, just any miles outside of those. How about a guard dog, Michael? Oh yeah, guard dog's a great option. Um, so the only one I've the only one I've hesitated on is the voice box was removed from the dog, so the dog couldn't bark. <laughs> that that'd be a hard sell for an IRS agent if the dog can't bark. But hey, maybe it can bite. Yeah. Otherwise, if they can bark, then guard dog deductions and dog food and vet bills and the things that go yep. along with it. The you know one that always catches people by surprise the deduction we take, uh, Jeremy is uh, sunglasses. They're a safety device driving the truck, and we take a deduction for sunglasses because they are a, sa a required safety device in, in yeah. most cases. So, you know, again, there's a, we, because this is all we do, Michael's not going to brag about himself, but we're the, we're the largest company in the country doing tax returns for owner-operators. 100% of our focus is finding deductions or fighting the IRS for deductions for our owner operator clients. We don't, we don't cheat. Um, if, if our clients ever get audited, we provide full audit support for them. Um, but we're, we're aggressive with deductions as long as they're fair deductions. And, you know, like you probably just heard Michael mention a few things that most people don't think of. The last thing I would say um, to add to this is, um, and no, this is free. If, if, if an owner operator goes, if somebody goes to our website, atbs.com, um, we've got a button there called Knowledge Hub. And you can enter almost anything in the Knowledge Hub and we'll have answers to it. One of the things you'll find on our Knowledge Hub is, um, when you click on Knowledge Hub, you'll see an area that says free owner operator trucker tools. And if you click there, you will see a list of every it, it, you know, it's, it's probably got know, 40 or 50 things on it that are deductible. It will show uh, owner-operators the kinds of things they can be writing off that they may not be necessarily thinking of and saving receipts for. So that's important. And then one thing I would just say real quickly that points to the importance of this is that we, you know, we arrogantly believe our clients are the most sophisticated owner-operators in the country. Um, and yet when we do tax returns every year, we don't, you know, you go anywhere else for a tax return, you hand them your stuff and they give you back a tax return. We don't do it that way. We, we know, we, we take every client and we estimate where we think they should be on every line item on that tax return. And if they fall outside of the range we think they should be, we go back to them and we say, you know what, your, your truck didn't get that good a fuel economy. We're missing fuel expenses or we think your truck incurred more maintenance. We're missing maintenance from, um, you know, we think, we, we think you're missing fuel from the fourth week of, of June, or we think you're missing maintenance from the second week of February, and we find those expenses and we take further deductions. And 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 so again, we're analyzing any possible deduction our clients forgot to send us. We find um, when we do taxes at the end of the year, 92% of our clients every year, 92% of our clients we found stuff they forgot to send us that we went, we got it, and we took further deductions. So super important that whoever you're doing business with, for a, you know, whoever doing your taxes. Make sure they specialize in owner-operators and they're finding those deductions. Well, and I like the part of you also compare, well, I say that you, you compare that owner-operator with the rest of the owner-operators or, or what company they're with, right? So they get an idea of, hey, exactly. you know, I, I'm I'm doing a lot better than the maybe the, the average is at, at ATBS clients are, and I'm doing better, and I'm at company so-and-so, so things must be we must be doing things right. Exactly. All right. Let's see which this we just kind of talked about, but you can do this again. Where or how can we find a good transportation accountant in our home state? So tell us a little bit about that, you guys, on, you know, I mean, because 
you kind of like to go to the accountant and, and look at the person and know that they're being honest and upfront with you and all that. So what would you say to about somebody, say to an owner-operator worried about, well, I want somebody in my home state when you guys are in Denver, Colorado, and you do taxes for everybody all over the country? Boy, that's true. You know, like I said, we work with around 60,000 owner-operators and everything we do, and we're based in Colorado. Um, you know, when, when we started the business, it was kind of – the same philosophy as we ran in our trucking company where, you know, we've got teams. When somebody signs up for service with us, they, uh, they're assigned a, or given a personal business consultant that is theirs from cradle to grave. So, you know, we, and, and that business consultant works with a team of people. Um, and so anybody on that team knows that client and what specifically is going on in their business life, their personal life, you know, kids, spouses, other, other business income, everything going on. They're talking to the same person every time they call. They don't have to talk to somebody new every time they call us. Um, and our philosophy when we started ATBS was because we, we've looked at a bunch of different models. We looked at having people spread out throughout the country. We've looked at franchises. We looked at all of that. Um, we decided to stay centrally located for a few reasons. One is um, a lot of drivers don't necessarily or didn't necessarily early on recognize how much it costs you to go sit down in an office, gather everything and sit down in an office with a tax preparer to go through your stuff. And, and don't get me wrong. We have plenty of owner operators that come through Colorado and visit us and stop by the office, meet with us, do tax work with us. And we're happy to do that anytime. But the majority of our clients like the convenience of not having to come and sit in an office um, and spend that time because any, anytime, anytime you're sitting with an accountant or a tax person is either taking away from your personal quality of life, time off the road, time with family, friends, spouses, or what have you, or um, it's costing money because you're not generating any income because you're sitting in an office instead. So 100% of our business is designed around a driver not having to take time out of their life to deal with managing the business. We're the back office. They drive the truck, generate money. When they're not driving the truck, they're enjoying quality quality of life with time off with family and friends. So... Um, and I agree, there are there are going to be people that just want to sit down face to face with their accountant, and and for those people, um, we we can also play different roles if if they want to involve ATBS, we can do all their books, and they have somebody else do their tax returns. We can do we can they can do their books themselves, a spouse or somebody do their books. We can do just their taxes. We're welcome. We're we're happy to do anything any client wants. If you're not using ATBS, um, just be hyper sensitive to the fact that whoever you're choosing to do business with is somebody who focuses on independent contractor truck drivers, not not a whole bunch of people in a whole bunch of industries that doesn't have specific knowledge about trucking because there's just too much money to be lost in not dealing with specific deductions and taxes for owner-operators. You know what? I'll give you one quick example of of – I think something that's critically important for how our drivers uh, stay in business, and and that comes to quarterly tax estimates. You know, a lot of a, a lot of owner operators don't pay them, or what every accountant will tell you is to pay your estimates based on they take what you did last year, they divide that by four, that's your quarterly estimates this year, and then when you get to April and you file your tax return, whatever you were short, you have to pay that all in April, right, to make up the difference. Well, for most owner operators, that's the kiss of death because. You know, all of us overextend ourselves during the holidays. Um, then the first quarter is generally slower, and we don't generate a whole bunch of extra money. When you find out in April you owe five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars in taxes, you're typically 
you don't have it to pay, and at that point, you know, you're on the run. Uh, the IRS is after you, and you run from them, and it just, it's the beginning of the end. It's a death spiral. Um, the other way that the IRS allows you to pay quarterly estimates and what we do for our clients is when we do your estimates, it's based on what your business actually did that quarter. So if you had a slow first quarter and you don't have a lot of money to pay in estimates, that's fine because uh, you had a slow first quarter the way we do it. You don't know a lot of estimates. We, we, we base your estimates on what you did each quarter. If you had a slow quarter, you don't know a lot in estimates. If you had a great quarter, you're going to know a lot in estimates, but that's okay because you had a great quarter, you got a lot of money to pay in estimates. And so we're, our method of matching of, of quarterly estimates based on what your business did that quarter, we're matching your cash flow to what you owe in estimates. So you don't, you know, it's not, it's not telling a client they owe the exact same amount every quarter and finding themselves in trouble when they don't have the money to pay it. Um, our, like I said, our method matches their cash flow to what they owe in estimates, and then when April rolls around, because they paid their estimates on what they did each quarter of the year, April's a non-event because they paid based on what their business did. It's you know hopefully a few hundred dollars of adjustment, not several thousand dollars that they now owe the IRS in April. The other thing we talked about was depreciation, right, and and matching depreciation specifically on what that individual client needs instead of applying some general depreciation rule to every owner-operator um, that we do business with. Uh, Per diem is probably a good example, Mike. You want yeah. to touch on per diem? It's- yeah, per diem is huge, and, and I just want to touch on something you said, because you said, um, Jeff, who you choose to do business with. And a lot of folks look at those credentials of CPA, and they think they're good. And and the CPAs, not all CPAs prepare taxes. Not all CPAs are good CPAs. Uh, means you pass the test. You know, so it's, it, you can't always trust those credentials, and you need to make sure you're, the person you're working with knows transportation. Um, there are several areas of transportation that are specific to owner-operators, and they don't apply to anybody else. Realtors don't use it. Retailers don't use it. Uber drivers don't use it. And, and so it's, it's very specific. That's why we're successful with what we do. Uh, but per diem is a great example. Um, any accountant that works in transportation or claims to work in transportation should know the per diem rate off the top of their head. Uh, currently, it's $66 a day. And the second thing they should know is that it's 80% deductible, not 50%. Um, so many accountants deal with the 50% rule. They think that's the rule for everybody. Uh, and transportation is not the case. 80% is deductible. Uh, so, so that's a yeah, good example. The other thing we find um, when we see other tax people's work is that when per diem does change, and it changes pretty frequently, when it does change, it never changes, you know, on December 31st or January 1st. It, it changes um, in, in about the, the end of the third quarter, typically. And so we change per diem rates when it changes. And so we'll do, you know, we'll do the first nine months at one rate and the last three months at the new rate. Very few uh, tax preparers will do that. Whatever the rate was at the beginning of the year, they're going to use that rate for the entire year. So if per diem goes up, they don't make that adjustment until the next year, which costs, which costs that client uh, some money. Well, you know, it's, it's just like anything else. Uh, Jeff and Michael, and I, I, I put it in common sense perspective. Get a professional that knows what they're doing to take care of those things that are in your life, like a, you know, a mechanic. If you can't do mechanic work, don't try it because you're going to break something that you got to fix something else, and it's going to cost <laughs> you more. Take it to the mechanic that knows what he's doing that you trust. Uh, you know, if you do investments, don't try to do all those investments and make all the money. You know, 
try to get a professional to knows what he's doing, sitting there doing it every day. Taxes. Don't try to, you know, avoid paying taxes. You're not going to avoid paying taxes. If you're making, as long as you're making money. And like Michael said earlier in this, this conversation is making money is a good thing. That means, you, you know, paying taxes is good. That means you're making money. And, and that's what, you know, but you got to get the right person to handle that money and, and know what's going on. And that's, that's what you guys do, ATBS. So I think it's, uh, I think it's just a great service. And one, one, one thing I just thought of, um, you know, for, for those people who want to have or have a relationship with an existing uh, tax person or accounting firm or, or want to choose somebody local that they can sit across the desk from, one thing uh, that we offer and Michael have to familiarize me on, on the price. I don't know it off the top of my head, but we'll we'll review uh, past year's returns. So if somebody has a question, whether their accounting or tax person is doing a good job, do you know the price, Michael? Yeah, it's $75. For $75, we'll review a return for somebody and, and let them know if we catch any glaring issues on that return. And if we do, and there are a bunch of problems in that return, which we find frequently when people have us do this, uh, we can file amended returns and get that money back for them, right? So, um, in fact, a lot of times when somebody comes to us new, especially, you know, if they're using the big firms, the, the Blocks, the Liberties, the Jackson U.S., people that don't specialize in owner-operators, even small uh, small firms that don't specialize in owner-operators, don't know all the deductions available, when they become ATBS clients, we'll review those past year's returns, and a lot of times we'll be able to file amended returns and get them get them money back that they overpaid in taxes. So, like I said, if if you've got you know a lot of Oakley clients, you, you what we love about Oakley is you've got low turnover. You're a great company. Your drivers make a lot of money. You know, as, as you see in our benchmarking statistics, our Oakley clients make you're the top earners in the owner operator industry. Um, I mean, very few very few owner operators in the country make as much as owner, as Oakley owner operators do. Um, and, and because of that and your turnover so low, a lot of people, a lot of your drivers do have established relationships with CPAs and we're not out here to try and change that. We, of course, we'd love to have every one of your owner operators as a client, but if, if they've got somebody and they're just wondering if they're doing a good job or for 75 bucks, like we said, we'll, we'll review a return. And if we see any glaring errors, errors, uh, we'll be happy to let you know. And if it looks like they're doing a great job, we'll tell you that too. And no reason to switch. They seem to be doing a good job for you. So just right. something to keep in mind. Yeah. And, and we don't, uh, you know, I mean, we, we let owner operators make up their own mind where they want to get their taxes done. We do have a relationship with you guys, ATBS, to where our owner operators can get, can sign up for your services and have it weekly deducted out of their settlement. And we send the, actually send a copy of their settlement to you and when they sign up so that it's a you know it's just a benefit that we offer but we sure don't make them do it they can do what they want to because they are independent contractors but we're we're kind of geared like you guys are i can tell the passion by talking to you two that y'all you're there to help the guy make money and, and save money and do things right i mean we do things honest we're an honest company just like you are and we want them to do things honestly but we want them to be successful that's the whole the whole part of this is for you know independent contractors are or they seem to be going away instead of growing and we want them to be very successful and that's what our goal we have in mind is to do any way we can to benefit, offer them benefits to be successful, whether it's, you know, fuel mileage savings or uh, accounting services or advice or starting a podcast to communicate with them, just anything we can do to uh, help them be successful. I was uh, getting ready for this 
episode talk to you guys and, I, and one thing i want to say before we go because we 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 got to go but uh, i was looking at your website and i was uh, i'll tell you what i liked about it that i thought our or any truck driver would like about it. You guys have a truck gallery where you uh, they can send in pictures of their trucks, and you post it to the website. Is that is that how does that work? Yeah, we love it. You know, we're we're proud of our clients. We're I mean we're we're proud of we're, we love trucking. We love owner operators, and we're proud of our client base. And so yeah, I mean it, uh, pictures, stories. Um, um, and I, another resource. Is, and our, we've got our website, and then we also, for Freightliner Corporation, whether you drive a Freightliner or not, we run a, a program called Team Run Smart. And if you go to teamrunsmart.com, there's also a lot of uh, resources there. That's all our content, a lot of awesome resources from uh, what we call the pros. We've got a uh, handful of drivers we give trucks to, and uh, they drive and blog about the business of trucking. Um, all those resources out there. Yeah, we, we, love, we love the pictures. We've got, we get everything from truck pictures to scenery pictures. One of my yeah. favorite uh, stories when we owned our, our trucking company, I'll tell it quick, I know we're out of time, but we had a driver, Brian Pollard, I remember him, I can see his face, uh, an awesome guy, um, and I was looking at his resume, he's driving a truck, and I was just I was looking at the application resume he sent in, and he was a radiologist, a doctor, and so I called my office and I said, Brian, what in the world are you doing uh, driving a truck? You're a, you're a I mean, you're a doctor, you're a radiologist, you could be making a gazillion dollars, um, you know, working in a hospital environment. And he said, uh, I was the first kid in my family to go to college. It was important to my mom that I went to college, and that was important to my mom that I became a doctor. So I became a doctor, but since I've been a little kid, my passion is trucks and truck driving. And so as soon as I did that for my mom and proved I could do it, uh, I quit being a radiologist and started driving a truck. And one of the things that um, you, you're, the reason that came to mind, Jeremy, is your your story about the pitchers um, one of the things he did in the first uh six years of driving for us everywhere he went around the country um he loved birds and so he would he would take pictures of birds um you know in different wildlife refugees at parks as he was traveling the country and he published a book on raptors um, um after his first six years of driving for us a really a really awesome book uh, on birds you'd seen around the country. So, you know, that's, that's why we like truck drivers. We've got a yeah. ex professor, engineering professor from Ohio State University that drives a truck that's a client of ours. We, I just, I love, we love truck drivers and that's why we do what we do. Well, y'all do a good job and I, I sure appreciate y'all taking time to visit with us. We've talked with Jeff Amon and Michael Schneider of ATBS and we've had some good conversations, uh, ask a lot of good questions and y'all have got some great answers for them. I know they can check you out at atbs.com and call if, call you if they got any questions on anything. And, and uh, I, I appreciate you guys hanging with me today and I especially appreciate our owner operators. Oakley owner operators the best in the business and I uh, enjoy you guys every day. Y'all are make me proud to to be with Oakley, and I appreciate you making me a living too. Um, sounds good. You guys got anything to add? I think we're good, man. We just really appreciate the opportunity to be on on with you. Um, you know, we can we can talk offline later, but happy to do. You know, uh, submit questions and we provide answers, kind of thing. And I I always worry, as you said, I get super passionate about who we are and what we do, and. And so a lot of times I can come across as being salesy. Um, I want to make sure everybody knows we don't, we don't even have a sales team per se here. Everything we do is word of mouth and no, no long-term contract. We just, we do what we do because we love to do it. Uh, any client we can help, we'd love to, but even if you're not a client, you've got problems or you need help, just reach out to us. And if we can help, we will. Good enough. 
All right. Thanks for listening to Oakley Podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oakley Podcast, Trucking, Business, and Family. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate or review the show in the podcast platform of your choice and share it with a friend. We love hearing from our audience, so if you've got a question, comment, or just want to say hello, head over to our website, theoakleypodcast.com, and click the Leave a Comment button. We'll get you a response soon and may even share some of the best ones here on the show. We'll be back with a fresh episode very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.